Moon Knight Episode 4 dives deep into the dark and the weird and the supremely strange. My full spoiler-filled review coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. Like this all day. What are they called again? Anulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? is up what is up and welcome back to 15 minutes of marvel the only podcast that gives you marvel reviews news and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes i am your host ethan simi today on the pod it's all moon night and it's all absolutely wild stuff my lord what an episode we got in episode four truly an episode of three acts which i kind of talked about last week a little bit with episode three but this week even more so i'm here to break it all down i'm here to give you my review just got done watching it as per usual, hopped right into the mini Marvel studio, and I'm here to dissect it, to give you my thoughts, to think about it out loud, to work through this absolutely wild cliffhanger that we got in episode four. I am very curious to where this show is going now. I'm very, very invested as to what's going to happen in the final two episodes. Let's start out the conversation with a couple random thoughts before I get into the episode itself and talk about the the things that I liked, the things that didn't necessarily uh, stick out to me really, and and all of that, and the storyline, obviously the storyline. So what I find very interesting is that people got screeners for four episodes of Moon Knight. They got episodes one through four. Disney said, here, watch four episodes of Moon Knight, a six episode event series and watch watch 66% of it and then we're not going to let you have the final two and now I get it now I get it I was like wow four episodes that's uh okay that's kind of a lot and that's uh you know I don't really get why you're giving people four episodes but now I get it and it makes sense four episodes is perfect amount to invest in this world to invest in these characters, to become connected to the storyline of, of Mark and Steven and Khonshu and Arthur Harrow and Layla and everybody involved. It's the perfect amount of time. And then to take the fourth episode and say, everything you thought you knew, we're going to flip it on its head and we're going to give you an absolutely wild 10 minutes and, and leave you at a cliffhanger for the next five weeks if you watch the screener. Uh, gosh, I can't imagine uh, I'm watching that episode and then not being able to see something for four or five weeks uh, following that up. So my heart goes out to those people that got screeners. I guess I'm glad. I guess I'm glad that I didn't get a screener. But look, Marvel, if you're handing out screeners for anything in the future, I want it. Uh, I do. I'll, I'll suffer through the five weeks. Um, so I think that is very interesting. And again, another point here on, on the fourth episode, Marvel knows how to do episode fours. Uh, we look at WandaVision. We look at Falcon and the Winter Soldier specifically, I think, with John Walker. That is a fourth episode, uh, just a really powerful beat in the series, in the show, in the storyline. And Marvel continues to know how to do episode fours. So I'm looking at IMDb right now. And since the episode just came out, there hasn't been as many reviews, so let that the just grain of salt here. But episode episode four, highest rated episode so far, sitting at an 8.9. Interestingly enough, episode three, I liked episode three, thought it was fantastic. I thought it was the best episode yet, and I stand by that. I still think episode three is the best episode of the show yet. The lowest rated at a 7.9. 
which is very just fascinating, just fascinating to me because Loki, same thing, Lamentus, episode three, it's my favorite episode and it's the lowest rated one and people aren't vibing with it. But look, episode four, we're here to talk episode four, not episode three. So, you know, that's a, that's another another conversation for another time and how Disney and Marvel structures the episode threes, the episode fours of a situation like this. Episode four to me today, called The Tomb, it really, again, it felt like this kind of, this uh, steam letting off episode, right? Like you've got a boiling pot and you've made it to four episodes and we're gonna, we're gonna lift open that valve for just a second, let out some of that steam, let it go, slow down the pace a little bit, put that cap back on, let the pressure rebuild in order to regain the tension, regain the momentum moving into the back two episodes. And then things are going to blow. Things are going to go crazy. And that's exactly what happened here. So let's talk about some of the things that I liked about this episode. I want to call out the comedy bits. I feel like we got a lot of comedy bits here in this episode. Most of them worked for me. I thought they were pretty funny. I think we've, we've got the immediate stopping of the car when he says like, oh, it's just me, you, and the open road. Bang, stopped on the car. I think that's pretty funny. That's good. Um, there, was, there was a really funny bit where he says, uh, I have been... Uh, I feel like I've, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Uh, the adventure I mean, and Layla kind of like pops up, uh, which I thought was really funny. Uh, some good mature humor. Uh, I thought a lot of zingers. So I thought that played out well in this episode, the score, the score in this episode was very good. It was excellent. I think the score has been very good so far in the show. And it's been, you know, kind of leaning heavily into that Egyptian influence sound but this episode specifically, it really stuck out for me. It really did a good job kind of conveying the scope of the journey to find the tomb, the opening of Alexander the Great's tomb. Moments like that in which there was so much weight, there was so much pressure, there was so much attached to this moment, you could really feel the score adding to that moment. And, and I think any good score will do that. It'll dive you deeper into this world and trance you even more. And it did that here. And in the moments of silence, I think just overall, this was a, a well-mixed episode. The conversation between Harrow and Layla about her father being murdered, the importance of, of the tension built from silence right there is should not be overlooked. And I think it was done in a, in a great way. Let's talk about the horror aspect of this episode because I feel like this is what I've been hoping for. I feel like the strange, the dark, the, the super specific to Moon Knight type of feeling is what we got in this episode. A dead magician, I guess, essentially is ripping apart a human body and then chasing Steven and Layla. It's on the verge, really, of that maturity level for graphicness when you talk about, like, disembodying a person. I mean, that's, just, that's what's happening. They're taking out their guts and putting them, like, in, in little vases. You've got this all black color scheme of this like undead person, the clicking sound. I mean, hereditary vibes for sure. I think what really popped out to me the most though was this, the grab, the grab from Layla in the dark. I literally, I was like, oh yes, this is what I want out of Moon Knight. It was based in horror. It was based on a jump scare taking place in a situation that was already riddled with tension. I mean, you talk about the entire scene leading up to that is, are they going to get caught by this thing? How are they going to escape? How are they going to run away? They finally split up. 
Layla already almost fell off of this cliff. Lots of things going for this moment, building up to this. And it doesn't just happen once. Layla almost escapes, but then gets pulled back in to the black that is behind her. I think this was a pretty cool spot for the episode. I think it was uniquely Moon Knight and, and her battling this undead person, ripping his arm off, got a bone sticking out, shoving a flare in its eye, uniquely Moon Knight, uniquely Disney+. Plus. I think kudos to that scene. It did a great job kind of encompassing what Moon Knight can do and diving into that lore, diving into that Egyptian history that I think shined supremely well in episode three. And I think that's, for me, that's why I like episode three so much is because it does dive into this mysticism, this lore, this history of Egyptian gods and focuses on that. And episode four, we're searching for the tomb, but it's more of an adventure. It's more of a of an of of an episode of Loki, right? That you're looking for Eliath. You're out on an adventure and you're looking for something specific. And the episode is just, how do you get there? And and I kind of felt that with this episode. I think a lot of people are hyping this up to be like the best episode of Moon Knight and the best episode of Disney Plus shows yet. And I don't think it's there. I don't. I I enjoyed it for sure. It's very good. Great reveal. About to talk about the reveal in the final act of this episode. But it, it just felt like a, you know, what's what's the filler to get us to this big reveal at the end? Has all of it been real? Has all of it been an illusion? Who really is Arthur Harrow? Who is Layla? Is Conchu even real? What What is happening? This was just kind of that momentum moving into that. And yeah, it gives us a deeper, uh, a deeper uh, idea of who Mark and Steven are, which is important, but it just didn't feel as strong as episode three to me. We've got the cliffhanger. We've got the momentum. And I want to talk about this real quick because people on Twitter, social media have been, have been saying this week to week release is not happening. And you all know this is a conversation for an entirely different episode of the pod. I'm telling you, I got to go, I got to go Patreon. I got to go long, long form for this conversation one, one month, because it's a, it's a conversation that I feel pretty passionately about. And I think it's very important that, that people, uh, have an open mind when it comes to this stuff and, and listen to others and their opinions. So look, if you wish that Moon Knight was all released at once, that's awesome. Good for you. If you don't, that's awesome. Good for you too. You're in my, in my shoes here. Uh, I, I, there's two statements really that have been going around. Number one, it should have been released all at once. Number two, it should have been a movie. Let's address them. Number one, being released all at once. I think but specifically from a marketing standpoint, Moon Knight has dominated social media conversations for four weeks in a row. You drop it all at once, bang, weekend of conversation, it's over just like that. You lose the engagement, you lose the momentum, the speculation that we are now at, that we are now so focused on what could happen next, who is in that third tomb, things like that, you don't get if you release it all at once, even if you release the first four episodes all at once. But I can see why it would be nice to binge this. I would have loved to just hammer through four episodes of Moon Knight. That sounds pretty fun. Number two, releasing it as a movie, a two-hour film, even a two-hour and 20-minute film isn't enough. It's just not enough. You can't bide your time to set up a true narrative when it comes to Mark and Steven and potentially Jake, hopefully in episode five or six. The ability to do that, to, to take six hours to world build is very important here. 
to world build these characters and and everything in depth is utterly important for the buy-in not only of this character right now but the character moving forward and the buy-in of the flip when it comes to episode four of you thought you knew what was happening but you do not episode feature uh episode four features a massive cliffhanger but it doesn't work without this buildup, without the understanding of the world that we are so invested in. So if you put it in a movie, you can't do this. You can't have people say, wow, I'm curious what happens next. Because then what, what do you do? You, you build this and you just move right through. I think you lose a lot of that power that is in that scene. So a world, we've built a world here, a, a world that we thought was real. Let's talk about this. Is it real? Is it fake? What's an illusion? What's going on? I have no fucking clue. I have no idea. Uh, has it all been a fantasy? Is it all a dream? Is it all a, a remembrance of a past li- life? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's a great turn. Though. I think it's a great twist. Completely out of left field reveal. Uh, like I said, couldn't imagine sitting on this for like four or five weeks and not being able to see what happened next. Mark is shot at and then... You know, he tries to battle some guys, tries to battle some guys post-Kanshu, post-suit, only to be shot by Harrow. Love the little visual of him kind of falling deep into that abyss to be woken up in an asylum. So many familiar faces. I think that was a wonderful way to introduce this place. The faces of Donna and the former FBI agent. Someone drawing a bird with Kanshu's skull on it. Someone completing a Rubik's Cube. Layla seemingly just another resident of this institution that we're now in, stealing Mark's bingo card, saying she won and swearing to share the prize with him. Exceptionally impressive storytelling, especially with Mark's choice of words, Stephen's choice of words in the tomb, saying that he found uh, the little statue and we won, we did it, and the award goes to, and that kind of nodding I think is really good. Loved the transition to get here, the transition of this old VHS tape called, called Tomb Buster that follows Dr. Stephen Grant on his search for artifacts is, is a really smart way to just essentially what the fuck us and like uh, what's going on. Um, we see Arthur Harrow looking just, just fresh as ever. Just fresh as ever. Therapist, mentor, watchful eye, whatever you want to call him, he is there. He's still wearing his iconic brown sandals. Keep that in mind. I think that is really important. We've got him trying to explain to Mark what is happening, and about Steven, how he understands how he feels, only for Mark, who is holding in a Moon Knight action figure. Very interesting. Uh, run away, lock himself in a room that is empty, but is not empty. A room that holds Steven within a sarcophagus, only for them to unite. I, I, I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking through this, and I'm thinking, like, I don't get it. It doesn't, <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense, but I think that's part of the fun. I think it's very intriguing to see physical manifestations of his other identities and what is actually real and what is actually an illusion. They, they run down the hall, passing a mysterious red sarcophagus that I'm pretty sure Jake Lockley is, and I'm pretty sure everybody thinks that, but I'm pretty sure Jake Lockley is going to be there. And they run into Tawaret, the hippopotamus god, saying hi in just the daintiest voice I've, I've ever heard, and then being scared to death. So I think it's uh, an incredible ending to a supremely strange episode. I know we're going to find out more in the next episode, but I do like this cliffhanger, a classic episode four MC reveal, something epic coming in the, in the following weeks. So one situation here, 
It could be all an illusion formed by Harrow. We're still getting the iconic brand sandals, like I said, in this all-white venue. So he could be trying to take advantage of Mark, knowing that, you know, Mark, Mark without Khonshu is extremely vulnerable, very weak. And then we've got the Hippo, could be part of this illusion to further confuse him, further detract him from what he thinks is real. But then you could also have the situation where Tawaret, the hippo, is a break in the illusion. Someone sent by Khonshu or the other gods to save Mark and Steven from this illusion put on by Arthur Harrow. So I think there's a lot of possibilities here. But whatever it is, it's very weird. It's very excellent. It makes us question everything we've seen in the prior three episodes. What is real? What is fabricated? Has Mark actually ever lived any of this? Is he truly a vessel of Khonshu? I don't know. But at this point, I'm getting more interested in Arthur Harrow's story too. Because if Arthur Harrow is conjuring up an illusion like this using Amit's powers, then his quest for power, his quest to be even more powerful, exponentially more interesting because he already possesses a scary amount of power. I think there's a lot of cool things at play here. The first two acts of this episode felt a little slow for me. Like I mentioned, it kind of felt like we're letting off some steam. We're kind of getting a little bit more buy-in to Layla and Mark's relationship and Steven's relationship and understanding more about uh, their history and, and Mark being there while Layla's dad uh, was murdered, uh, essentially. So I think that's a very interesting um, portion of this episode, but I thought it was a little awkward. I thought it was just a little... Not not what I expected. I guess it's not what I expected. Uh, and uh, predictions for episode five and six? Uh, no fucking idea. No, just no clue. No idea. I think Jake is going to be revealed in that red coffin. Could create an interesting triangle of personalities. Maybe he is the guy that can see through all of this. Uh, I, I hope that we're not done with Moon Knight and Mr. Knight and the suits and Khonshu. I think the episode and the series have really shined when it's leaned into that world. So this seems to me like the narrative standpoint where we try to make sense of everything on a really base level because we just got punked, we just got psyched, and then episode six could be, um, you know, we're back and this is all very real or he just decides to lose himself in this fantasy world. Uh, lots of interesting things can happen. I think episode three was better. Personally, for me, I liked it a little bit better. Uh, it was more action-oriented, which is more fun, but I think it possessed better storytelling than this episode did. I think the twist is is uh, Im impressive. It is effective. It does what it wants to do, and it leads up to an incredibly interesting episodes five and six, but that the twist is kind of all I really liked about this episode, and the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little bummed. Uh, that 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 is the case but i want to know what did you all think of episode four of moon knight let me know on twitter at 15 minute marvel should marvel studios have released all of this all at once so we could watch it all at once over over one weekend uh shouldn't they have made moon knight a movie should they have done things differently what did you think of the twist where do you think things are going get at me on twitter at 15 minute marvel be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any major podcast platform a huge shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Hajir Shakib, Reagan Knopp, Alan Cole Peacock, Ben Lawhorn, Corellia Christina, Mike Zego, TJ Zorch, and Jessica. Thank you all so much for your support of the pod. I will see you back here next time as I do a 
commentary episode on the Loki finale. Very excited to talk about it. Go back to Loki, go back to the TVA, and go back to a very special era in Marvel television. It's going to be a fun time. Don't miss it. I am Ethan Simeon. Remember, always go higher, further, and faster. 